0: Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. So I know there are a number of, sort of updates and bits and pieces that we, we thought we might cover on this episode, Stuart. But first of all, I thought I'd uh, put the proposition to you that uh, HMOs are dead. As, uh, <laughs> these are some of the headlines that I've been, been reading recently and of course you're you're very much in the HMO and indeed student HMO market so what what do yes. you think of these
1: well i won't be burying my hmos just yet i think i think we've got a way to go primarily because um people still need somewhere to live and there's there's still a market to serve you know and all the time there is a customer to serve then you know i uh i i think Yeah, these products will exist. I mean, I know obviously we're being slightly flippant about it, but clearly, uh, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, and and it would be good for us to actually review that in terms of people living in, you know, room, you know, house shares stroke HMOs.
0: Yeah, there's, if you took everyone out of HMOs and put them all in individual flats, even studio flats, I mean, there's just nowhere near enough accommodation. It it couldn't work at all. Mm. But even within the HMO world, there are quite different setups around. So you get HMOs where everybody enters the the house as an individual. They rent a room and they don't really know their housemates before they they start that process. There are also HMOs that might still be rented in that, that fashion, Um, or they might be rented on a single uh, AST where the people going into it together are are going in as a group and they're uh, a a unit sort of in advance of taking on the the property and I think those are very different situations for for considering whether whether the HMO is dead or not Mm. and I I think in the student market you you actually see both of those don't you those those scenarios uh, across your properties
1: yeah you do yeah because some yeah, you know, if, if you're getting second and third years, you might get um, groups of people that have obviously already met and become friends in the first year. I mean, obviously the you know RHMOS dead is 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 obviously a, a really nice clickbaity headline for magazines online people to use, which which hopefully gets you to read it. I think I, I think we're going to use it for this episode, so hopefully some people will catch on to it that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you've said, I mean the, the my first question is okay. Then where do they go? For me, it's more about making sure that the environments we're in are now adapted to suit the times we're living. I.e., do we have access to hand sanitizers? You know, are we are things getting cleaned? You know, my properties are all cleaned monthly anyway. You know, as part of the service that we offer. So I know that that's happening. It's communal areas. That's just communal areas, but of course you know that that still would meet with you know guidelines if if you're only going back to your own room and you're not inviting more than one stranger into your room then and of course it's incumbent on them you know so the question is you know do we do that more often you know that's an option you know do we do the, the cleaning more often but i think uh, that there's very st- very much still a market for it and you know the next point you mentioned was around um you know universities themselves and in terms of you know what? What will happen there? So, I guess that was another element of the argument, was it? In terms of RHMOS dead, in terms of student numbers?
0: Yeah, I mean, th- we've seen some headlines recently where universities have have stated that uh, next year all of their lectures will be online. Uh, of course, these these headlines are again <laughs> chosen to be a bit sensationalist, and when you you dig into the the articles, the lectures might be online, but many of the other teaching uh, facilities whether that's practicals or smaller classes or one-to-one tutorials are actually all still going to happen in person so it's, it's not that people can suddenly start attending university from the other side of the world they're, they're still actually will need to be physically close it's just that they'll be spending more time away from the campus and and in their their homes
1: yeah and and the thing for me about this is and i've had a few conversations obviously with local letting agents around the university but i always try and think of this from the you know from the business perspective now if if that were to happen where everything went online for example what would happen to universities are universities going to allow that to happen i don't think so um currently that's, that's not to say that couldn't change and there's not that's not to say there isn't an opportunity for a mixed model but the argument so i was gonna say you get um is it the open
0: university that i think is is mostly remote but people who i who i've known who have done open university courses they still have physical meetings Mm. where they they meet up with their uh, course tutor and go over things and and stuff so e- even that, which is a, a university designed to mostly be remote, isn't a hundred percent remote.
1: And and that was exactly the example I was going to use. Simon, so you've stolen my thunder there. Uh, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. It just shows you know in terms of the thinking. But but equally, the students are saying, well, if if we wanted an open university course that was that was a greater percentage of online, then that's exactly what we'd do. And I think any I, I personally haven't been to university. My wife's been to university, but. Obviously, I know from working with it as well, and you know one of the aspects that I think is very appealing about university is the change in environment, is the opportunity of meeting new people. Yes, you can do that online, but again, it might change and different generations might see it differently, but there's still nothing as far as we're concerned that can replace the actual meeting of people. And what we're hearing from students, uh, and as I mentioned to you before we started recording, that we're seeing applications, I think, nationwide increased by about 20% uh, for student applications because because of the uncertainty in the market. So where people are uncertain, they're, they're saying, well, actually, we'll either, if they weren't considering university before, they are now considering that rather than going into a job market, which might not be the best um, in its best condition. And secondly, people now choosing post-grad courses where they were going to leave and you know, and I've heard that anecdotally, and I've heard that officially as well, you know where i spoke I mentioned this to someone recently and I said, "Oh, yeah, well, my daughter's just decided to do a postgrad, and so yeah. it's, it's all where people were
0: expecting to go into jobs, and now they're they're a lot less certain about those jobs existing or being available, and hence yeah. they're they're taking alternative uh actions
1: yeah so so the market's there, and and then what we're hearing anecdotally from the students you know, from from the people that I'm speaking with and, you know, these people have, you know, thousands of rooms that they're managing is if they wanted to do a greater online course, then they'd go and choose that, you know, Birkbeck University do that, for example, but they wouldn't choose um, to to go to university, choose a university anywhere in the country and then not go to that part of the country. I think there's an acceptance, yeah, that things might change. But the the feeling is from certainly from the conversations I've had is that, you know, the students want want to go to the universities so for me that gives me a lot of uh, a lot of confidence and a lot of hope
0: yeah you've also got some rooms targeted at, at young professionals I think and something I've, I've wondered that might actually help HMOs is where you've got lots of young professionals living in uh, one bed flats or, or studios or whatever and they've now been in lockdown for a couple of months that's actually quite a, a lonely existence, especially if you don't have a, a garden even that you can go into. Whereas if you're in a shared accommodation, you'd have other people still within your your, your bubble of, of lockdown that you would have human contact with. And even if you didn't know them before, you, you'd get to know them pretty quickly, I'm sure. And uh, probably that would be part of a house rather than a flat. Mm. Although, of course, you do get some HMO flats, but probably a house. So you're more likely to have a garden and outside space as well in, in that environment. So I, I think young professional HMOs, especially where people can enter them as a group, where they already know their their friends and bring them along with them, I think that could actually be a, a growing market rather than a, a shrinking one.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I, and I don't think... You know the the, the need is going to dissipate because of what's happening now. Yeah, as you started off by saying that there is a need for housing, there's a need for younger, generally younger people. You know, in the in the properties I've got, we're also seeing older people that need uh, properties that can't necessarily afford to to buy that first flat, to buy that studio flat. They're going to need somewhere to go, and you know, coupled with the fact that yeah, people are looking for connections and that's something we're thinking about in our properties is how we help you know um you know provide a catalyst for for people living in the properties to to meet with each other and that is primarily by making sure that the communal spaces are good communal spaces and in the properties i've got yeah they're they're still meeting and i know that they're that they've probably seen that as a, a real positive that they can go into the communal space watch tv with a couple of other of the house members have a chat and the you know, and put the world to rights just as the rest of us do. I don't know about you, but, you know, when I spend a lot of my day on Zoom or Teams or on calls, when you know, it comes to catching up with friends at, you know, seven, eight o'clock, where I have to put the headphones on again on to go on a Zoom call. You're just like, oh, you know, we're kind of done with it. So, yeah, in a way, you'd kind of like just to do the the physical element where you could. So I, I agree with you, obviously. Yeah. But, but the point being that in, in times like these – people are looking for more social connection, not less. So whilst we do have to make sure the environments are created and, you know, well-managed to to suit the society that we're living in, equally people still need connection, however that happens, you know, and and you know, we just have to make sure that happens in a safe way. Yeah, I, it, I've heard stories online about
0: HMOs made up of people who... who- weren't friends before, didn't know each other so much. Where one of those is a, a key worker, and they're still having to go out of the the property, and and work perhaps in a higher risk areas, and other members of the HMO perhaps fall into the the higher risk categories um, themselves, being more vulnerable to the to the virus. And I think that must be a very difficult situation, mm-hmm. and that that can certainly be a a, 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 a sort of Bad mark against HMOs. I think I, I don't know how how prevalent that situation is compared to the other one, where people are actually just very glad of the the human contact.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's like um, most things. You know, we've still got high rise building apartment blocks. We've still got you know you know many more purpose built houses with multiple units in them. And I guess, yeah, you can stay within a unit, but then in the communal areas, you're still going to get a higher footfall of people. So, yeah, my my feeling is that, yeah, we'll have to change the way we approach it and think a lot more about the, the hygiene elements of it. And quite rightly so, but that they are these properties, HMOs, Purpose Built Student Flats, Studio Flats, they're all serving a need. They wouldn't, you know, if, if they weren't serving a need, then you know, there wouldn't be, people filling these rooms, hopefully for me, like most things, you know, and we've spoken about this in the past, but, you know, my, I'm using this time to set up and make the properties much, much better. So I'm, I'm, you know, trying to make a much more design led approach and yes, we'll think about how we um, make sure the environment are are hygienic and safe as well as good places to be. And, you know, the, 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 the other side of that coin is that in these situations if people aren't happy, you know, in in the, in the you know, in, in the less well done properties, you know, those that aren't looked after, hopefully those will be the ones that are left behind. You know, that's the hope because you know we're in this game to hopefully make people's lives better.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting to see how the HMO market evolves, and indeed the the, the blocks of flats and things like that. And you, you mentioned there are obviously communal areas there as well. You've got corridors, stairs, lifts, whatever it might be that is a shared space. Effectively, you you might not be in that shared space for as long as if you're sharing a lounge or a kitchen, but you still have to walk through that. And often the corridors might be quite small and you may have to pass people in those areas and things. So yeah, uh, yeah, the the, the concerns may well extend beyond uh, HMOs. In fact, HMOs, are are probably better placed to to, to handle that because it's a a smaller number of people in any given uh, wider unit. And you're more likely to know those people and be able to sort of chat to them in a, in a friendly way and and work things out.
1: Yeah. And you can manage it. I mean, Mm. on this topic, I mean, I had to go and see a property last week where uh, we've, we've had some uh, difficulties with tenants because uh, they had, they said they were leaving the property and basically they hadn't so i said you know they, essentially there was supposed to be one person left and, and the reason this is kind of related is because when i went to the property uh, not only were there more than uh, more people there than there should have been but the property was in an absolute state i mean it was um you know it was it was really horrible and uh, you know it's, it's an old story that i think you mentioned
0: this one before and your your agent had been uh, helping you you out, they, they'd been visiting and, and working things out. Had they not reported this to you or, or were you expecting it to be in this bad state
1: when you got there? Well, no, I'd been there before and it wasn't in a great state, but it was kind of what I'd expect from a multi-student HMO, to be honest, you know, just bits of rubbish on the floor here and there and, you know, wh- whatever it was. But the, the the most frustrating thing about this was that the agent had told, so even though the guys shouldn't have been there, the, the agent told the the people there that I was coming, gave them 24 hours notice. And, you know, you couldn't see the kitchen floor. It was covered in so much stuff. There was like gravy. uh, I mean, I don't know what, all over the kitchen wall. There was something squashed into the wall that once was alive that no one had said. You couldn't see the kitchen surface. I mean, it looked looked like someone had opened a big bag of flour and just thrown it up in the air and and let that come down. I mean, you know, it was like, for example, there was just a slice of bread in, in front of the TV. It was... Uh, I mean, it was one of the poorest conditions I've ever been to one of my properties in. But you just have to like, ask why, yeah. Why? I mean, but oh, anyway, the, the thing that really, really angered me on this occasion was the fact that they knew I was coming. So they had been told quite explicitly the landlord's coming within twenty four hours. You know, and and had said, you know, I, you know, I wore my gloves, I wore my mask, and you know, they they were upstairs while I was downstairs, but when I saw the state of the property, I was, I, w- I was utterly disgusted to be honest. And let's just say that I, I I put that in no uncertain terms to the tenants that were there that, that by the way, weren't currently paying either. So, you know, to compound all of the issues, you know, and, and for me, it wasn't, I didn't mention pay, but it was, it was like, you know, we, we, these, these people aren't even paying now. And you know, that my point to them was about respect and, uh, you know, and the reason I've mentioned this well, with what we were talking about, because it really gave me a sort of big shot in the arm to say, this is not what I got into this game for. And, you know, I've got a, pro- a property in the same street where we've refurbished it to a very high standard. We've, um, you know, we, we really looked after the property and because we did that and because we, we looked after the property, the tenants equally look after the property. Uh, even to the point where they said, look, that, this bin's getting too small. Can we have another bin? They then said, could we have another hoover? And all of which just led me to believe, oh, they're looking after the property. And, and I think this sort of brings me back around to, to this property that I went to. It's in a nice condition. I'd only refurbished it two years ago. It's it's not a bad property. It's actually, you know, it's it's, it's not the most interesting property, but it's very clean. It's very nice. But, you know, what, what all of us do this for is not... Um, yes we we're looking for to generate income for ourselves, but by doing that by providing housing for people that care and I think you know what we were talking about just makes me think you know we have to we have to care about the properties and the people in it first, but then if those people aren't caring about it then then it becomes an issue
0: yeah when people can't even manage to keep up with basic cleanliness in in their own home uh yeah you you've got to worry about um, or it, it is hard to consider that they might be worrying about anything wider than that, isn't it? Mm. Um, they're, they're clearly not going to be concerned about um, viruses and, and possible infection routes if they can't even pick up <laughs> bits of random bread. I mean.
1: well, 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 exactly. If you can't, you know, and, and again, if you can't look after the hygiene for yourself, you know, uh, the expectation is, you know, how, hygienic are they going to be in the outside world themselves that was that's my worry i mean as the old joke goes it became the sort of house where i wanted i had to wipe my feet on the way out as opposed to on the way in
0: oh yeah they're the, they're the best kind they are <laughs> oh, which is
1: never a house i wanted to own so
0: mm. well i'm sure uh i'm sure you'll fix it all up and uh and make it spick and span again once uh once they've moved out are they? Yeah. Uh, are they due to finish their tenancy at the end of the academic year?
1: Yes, they are. They are. They shall be leaving very soon. I think that in fact, I think, I believe they have left. I've got to go back down and and visit there now. With it um, in the next, I will have visited by the time this airs. But I'm going back down there to see for my own eyes what's happened. And then, once the last ones, thank you. Once the last ones left, we'll um, we are going to refurb it to a high standard, and you know the the uh the obviously the prerequisite will be that they look after the property when they move in mm. are you
0: going to keep it a, a student house or are you uh, going to re- refocus that one
1: the plan the, the current plan is to refocus which is probably another topic for another show but mm. the
0: yeah, so it could be a could be a bigger one that one and, yeah uh, we're, we're we're coming up to time now so i wonder if perhaps we should do uh some other other quick updates that you've got you've Uh, had some progress with refinancing and with loans i believe yeah um, recap on on your current situation on those
1: yeah well we spoke about the the c bills which what i now will call the c bills debacle where um I, i put the application in i did get an email about two weeks later to say we need to call you just to finalize something that call never came i sent a couple of emails it's None of which have been responded to, and and then following our conversation actually, Simon on our on, on one of our previous episodes where you mentioned the bounce back, it kind of just set me thinking. Well, rather than just sitting and waiting, which is not my forte, to be honest, as as you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably yeah, I'm probably more of a, a a doer and and look back afterwards. I thought, Do you know, what can I? I've got nothing to lose just by filling out the bounce back loan forms, and. Unbelievably, I think within three working days, I mean, no one had contacted me. I just filled out the form, and within three, four working days, there was just money in my account. So, um, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, it was, well, it's quite amazing, really. So, you know it's a bit of yin and yang and the only frustration i've got and i don't want to get political on this is is the whole is the issue regarding the c bills which is there was clearly a reticence from banks and this bank in particular of mine which which we bailed out in 2008 that the reticence was was to make those loans because obviously they tried personal guarantees at first and and we rebelled at that but of course you know for the bounce back the government's there is zero percent interest because the the government's backing it for the first twelve months, and and I think cover it thereafter. So yeah, they're, they're underwriting it for the the whole term,
0: aren't they? So yeah, so the banks yeah. are basically taking zero risk.
1: It, it, exactly, and that's the word was the underwriting, and and that's that's my frustration is that only once the banks were told actually there is zero risk to you, have they unlocked that capital? You know, and I'm not I'm not going to be churlish because I'm now a recipient of those funds and I'm very grateful but i found it very frustrating that the banks had to you know w- when the shoe was on the other foot you know and and taxpayer had to step in they did whereas on this this case when the taxpayer needs support it's uh, they've been more hesitant to do that but uh, anyway so that 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 came in so that's been really positive for just making sure that um we can plan for the next five or six months as a business and and still be here so for us, it's about survival first. Yeah, yeah, just, be, just existing is the first thing. And then, yeah, as of this morning on today's recording, as we're recording, I've found that um, you know three, three refinances that I'm doing have all come through. So actually two of them, I've had the two offers come through. I'm just waiting for the third, which should, should happen in the next two or three working days, which means the refinancing will happen. So we, we can, yeah, we can keep moving forward.
0: Did, did you get the rates and the loan-to-values and everything else that you were, were hoping for on those? No, nothing was restricted at all, was it?
1: No, well, the valuations were were a little bit lower, but that was, you know, we knew that um, a while ago when we, when we originally did the decision in principles. We had the valuations just before lockdown, actually. So we've just been waiting for lockdown to lift before they've started progressing. That,
0: that wasn't a, a particular COVID down valuation or anything. It was... Um, yeah it was just just generally you were you were being too optimistic with your valuations
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well more up to it optimistic than the valuer and the bank as i think most of us are yep. Um, yep so no so that's good so it just means we can uh start progressing once that happens
0: oh cool, fantastic um i think that does does take us out of time So if you're enjoying listening to this, uh, I think my my one ask for for this week is that you share this with one other person who you think might like to listen to it as well. And Stuart and I would be be very grateful if you could. And more information and all the show notes can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com.